You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Elisa Gardner, host of Develop Your Character, brought to you by Camp Broadway. We'll be bringing you candid conversations with theater educators, industry experts and insiders, and savvy parents, all geared toward helping culture-loving kids and aspiring artists become great performers on and off stage at every stage of their lives. Our guest today is Lisa Mitchell, an arts communication leader and community engagement specialist who is currently director of education and audience engagement at Disney Theatrical Group. She's worked there for 14 years, developing and nurturing the entertainment company's education and outreach departments. Prominent among their initiatives is the Disney Musicals and Schools program, which was launched to help provide sustainable musical theater programs to schools that didn't have them. Participating schools receive performance rights to one of Disney's half-hour musicals for kids, along with show kit materials. Each school is also given a pair of teaching artists, professional musical theater artists, and educators who mentor the school's teachers in all aspects of putting a show together, from direction and choreography to stage management and production. Before joining Disney, Lisa served as adjunct faculty of the City University of New York, where she taught arts education research courses in the graduate program for educational theater at CCNY. She was also co-founder and producing director of the IF Ensemble Theater Company, an independent company devoted to showcasing new and established American playwrights, and a teaching artist at First Stage Children's Theater, Milwaukee Shakespeare Company, and other places where she taught analysis, comprehension, and performance of classical text to children between the ages of 8 and 18. Lisa has a master's degree in educational theater from the City College of New York and is currently on track to get her doctorate in education from John Hopkins University School of Education with an emphasis on entrepreneurial leadership. And she serves on the advisory board for the Roger Reese Awards, which are co-sponsored by Camp Broadway, and we'll get into that a bit more later. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Well, having listed some of your very impressive credits, I think maybe we should start by letting you explain in your own words what uh, you do at Disney, and particularly your part in the Disney Musical in Schools program. I know it's been a phenomenal success. I think it's 26 cities now in the United States and the UK, with more than 43,000 students taking part in theater programs in uh, nearly 400 schools. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's a lot of numbers, a lot of big numbers. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. So the um, the Education and Audience Engagement Committee at Disney Theatrical Group, in my mind, is really there to extend the mission of Disney Theatrical Group into the community. So Disney Theatrical Group strives to produce the highest quality live entertainment in the world to the widest and most diverse audience. And my team's job is to take that mission and really bring it to life in the field. 
So Disney musicals in schools is probably our flagship exemplar of how we do that. Um, so as you stated, the program was um, developed to grow sustainable theater programs in schools that didn't have them. And how that sort of came to be was we took a look at which schools were licensing our shows and which schools were not about a decade ago and realized that there was an access gap. Particularly schools in suburbs tended to have more vibrant theater programs, whereas schools in cities themselves tended not to. And so Disney Theatrical Group is headquartered right here in Times Square. Um, our offices are above where Aladdin plays on Broadway eight times a week. And so we realized that schools in our very own backyard didn't necessarily have access to deep in-school theater production opportunities. So the program was developed to do something about that. And fast forward a decade later, and we've established it in, as you said, 26 markets here uh, in the US and abroad. And um, we're, we're really thrilled with the way that teachers and teaching artists in communities across this country and in the UK have embraced its mission. Yeah, and I'm sure you have access to the very best. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ask you a little bit more about that later. I do want to touch briefly on the Roger Reese Awards as sure. well, because that serves older high school students, uh, I should say high school students, older students. Yep. And um, that's for excellence in student performance. And you co-sponsor that, I believe, with Camp Broadway, Disney Theatricals does? Sure, yeah. So Disney Theatrical Group is one of the sponsors. Mm -hmm. Camp Broadway is really driving this thing and bringing it to life in the greater New York City area. The program is so important in that it um, celebrates uh, a commitment to excellence in high school theater education mm -hmm. in a way that ultimately is realized on a national level. The winners of the Roger Rees Awards go on to represent the New York City metro area in the National High School Musical Theater Awards program. And we at Disney Theatrical Group are so thrilled with how Camp Broadway has not only established that um, sort of pre-professional polish that um, is evident in high school theater everywhere here in the New York area, but also really deepened the awards to have a true commitment to education and the process and learning that goes into um, everything that happens when you put on a school play. Um, so we're we're proud to be a sponsor and the Broadway League delegate for for the Roger Rees Awards. Yeah, and that is, as you said, a stepping so stone to the Jimmies, as they're popularly known. That's right. Um, well. Let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, looking at your resume, I'm curious to know what sparked your interest in theater and how you imagined yourself pursuing a related career. Um, did you think about being a performer or a drama teacher or working in business? I can imagine all those things being options given your very diverse background and accomplishments. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was sort of reflecting on that on the way over here. And um, I was a. I, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just a suburb north of Milwaukee, um, where she had a great public school system, and I was fortunate in that there were arts present in my school. Um, I had access to visual arts and music, and eventually, when I got into high school, there was a really terrific theater program. And I was a student who went through school, and to be honest, I wasn't the world's greatest student. There wasn't a lot that I was particularly good at, and I struggled with engagement personally, um, and. I remember very vividly one summer, probably in middle school, um, it was the summer and uh, I, was, I was hanging out with some friends and one of my friends said, hey, I'm in this, school, I'm in this um, theater program in Milwaukee, would you help me memorize my lines? And so I sat across from her and I held the script and I immediately felt successful. 
And I begged my parents <laughs> to enroll me in that same theater program, which is the, um, the theater program at First Stage Milwaukee, which is a terrific children's theater in Milwaukee. And, um, and then I was hooked. And so I think my way into this industry is very similar to a lot of people's way into this industry, sort of regardless of what path they end up taking, in that I found it through performance. I thought I wanted to be an actor. Um, I went into high school and had much more academic success now that I had an outlet that I was um, having some success at. Mm. And then I went to um, college to study theater. I was a, a theater undergrad, again, thinking I was going to be an actor. And then in college, I found directing, right? So then I went, oh, no, no, what I really am is a director. <laughs> um, so then I, my ambition was just to move to New York City and start a theater group. Um, and the summer between graduating from undergrad and moving to New York, I moved home to save some money for the move and um, picked up a part-time teaching gig at First Stage Children's Theater where I had gone. And that was the moment where it all clicked for me, that actually the intersection of what I love and what I'm good at is directing young people and engaging with young people through theater. So that's sort of the way that I found this, uh, this path. Yeah, that's so interesting that, that finding theater helped you academically. I think that really speaks to how it is a source of enrichment as opposed to just an extracurricular activity. It is. And, you know, I often find in talking with, um, you know, education leaders, whether they're at the district level or in academia, there's, there's often this idea that it's one or the other, right? It's either theater for the sake of all of those enriching outcomes like confidence, articulation, creative thinking, problem solving, ensemble building, or it's theater as career, right? And so when we look at the state of public education and what's happening to our arts programs is with limited funding and limited instructional time and different academic priorities, something always goes. And I don't know that we're making the best case for how can we really integrate those two messages, that it can be both. There are some students who are going to go through life and opt into a career in this. There are others who are going to go through life and enjoy the many benefits of a robust arts education, no matter what path they choose, because those skills are transferable. Yeah, those those are great points. Um, and the position you're in at Disney right now allows you to draw on those different areas of expertise that you've developed through the years. And I should say you're still quite young. <laughs> so um, tell us about that journey that you've had so far from being a teaching artist dealing with classical texts to co-founding an independent theater company to eventually landing a job at one of the world's premier commercial entertainment companies, although one which I should say is, is well known for drawing experimental and progressive talent as well. Um, how did each prepare you for the next step? Yeah, um, that's a that's a terrific question. So, um, when when I first moved to New York, uh, I went to the Neighborhood Playhouse School of the Theater as well. So I met some collaborators there, and I think that's been my biggest takeaway: is um, no matter what no matter what you do in this industry, the people you surround yourself with make all the difference. So that was my very first opportunity to really learn that lesson. And so when I met some artistic collaborators who I really connected with um, at the, the theater school here in New York, those are the folks who I got together with and founded the IF Ensemble with. And um, what a world of difference it made finding people who were kind and hardworking um, and who would show up on time. I mean, simple things that make a huge difference when you're trying to do something risky and bold in a city that's very expensive. Um, so that was like lesson number one, I would say, is surround yourself with excellent people who complement your skill set and don't just replicate your skill set. 
Um, because uh, I was running an independent theater company with two other women who were collaborators of mine in my early 20s, I needed a day job. So I was working in retail. And I got to a point in retail where I realized that because of those same skills, because of a work ethic and showing up on time and being reliable, I started getting promoted in a shop. And all of a sudden, I was scheduling production meetings and rehearsals around meetings about shirts and pants. <laughs> and I had a sort of moment where I realized if I want to do this um, for, for a living, I need to fit, find a way to make theater my income. And that is when I started looking around and I found a very entry-level job at Disney Theatrical Group. Um, and took that job. It was not in the education department. The education department didn't exist then, um, but was responsible for kind of just some of the operate, like the very baseline operations of the office, making sure we had supplies, refilling the coffee machine, calling a vendor when something broke. And all this time, that experience at First Stage Milwaukee was in the back of my mind. And I knew that I needed to find a way to integrate um, theater and theater with young people. And about eight months later, a job posting came out that said they were looking for an education director. Now, I didn't have the skill or experience for that, but I had the interest. And when they hired that individual, I said, I would love to work with you. And eventually, he was able to get a headcount. I came in there. He eventually left the organization. And I was able to take it and develop it and grow it from there. So it was very kismet. <laughs> Another great musical. <laughs> um, this podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited-time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I imagine choosing teaching artists, Disney has access to a wide range of talent in terms of educators and performers and other theater artists. What specific qualities you look for in selecting them? And, and I'm also wondering if you consider the schools individually. I mean, that that would probably be really tough to do given you're dealing with so many. But but what general qualities do you look for? Sure, sure. Is it worthwhile just to kind of share what a teaching artist is for some yes, folks? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so teaching artists are um, a career that is a sort of hybrid between a practicing artist, in our case a musical theater artist, although teaching artists exist for all different types of artistic genre, and educator. So sometimes these folks may have Broadway credits and master's degrees in education, or they may have more formal training in education and some undergraduate training in theater. But whatever the sort of combo platter is, they're 
artistic life fuels their capacity to teach and their capacity to teach informs their artistic life. So it truly is a sort of integrated um, person. They're incredible people. We're very fortunate here in New York City that we have access to um, some of the best teaching artists in the world. Um, so when we're looking for our teaching artists, we're really looking for a couple of things. First, our folks who have the um, artistic skill and capacity necessary to teach, because if you're a teacher, you have to sort of be exemplar at it, right? So we're looking for folks who have that artistic skill. Um, but then what really sets a teaching artist apart is their capacity to share it with others. And in the Disney Musicals and Schools program, this becomes so um, important because whereas many programs, even some of the other programs that we run at Disney, the teaching artists are teaching their craft to students. In Disney Musicals and Schools, they're teaching it to students, but more significantly, they're teaching it to teachers who are adults who may have no formal training or experience in the theater. And it takes a very special temperament to be able to say, this thing that I've been honing for my entire life, that I've dedicated my life to, I am now going to try to give to you in 17 weeks. So really looking for someone who's got that sort of open-minded giving spirit is essential. And then it's very important to us that our teaching artists, um, especially our teaching artists in New York City, where we run the program as opposed to one of our affiliate sites, but it's very important to us that our teaching artists represent the students with which they're working. So uh, my colleague Rachel Lee and Lauren Chapman, who run this sort of teaching and learning side of our business, have made such a deliberate and intentional effort to ensure that we are recruiting teaching artists um, who look like New York City students, who can connect with New York City educators because they have been from this community or integrated into this community. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that sounds like a, a fun challenge. Um, you get a lot of requests for any musicals that Disney uh, has produced in particular, or do teachers or, or kids even write letters saying, oh, this has to be a musical, like right after yeah. <laughs> they become aware of, uh, of a film or a brand? For sure. I feel like yeah. our licensing department gets requests like all day long yes. <laughs> about um, some fan favorites that they love to see. Um, in the Disney musicals and schools program specifically, it's hilarious because we have all of these shows available and then Inevitably, in the first year of the program, the schools pick The Lion King or Aladdin, or now that we've released Frozen, that's become a top contender oh, as well. Sure. Yeah. So at the showcase at the end, we see a lot of the same, but it's so neat to see different takes on the same show as well. Yeah, every school, I'm sure, makes it uh, makes it their own. Um, what can the Disney Musicals and Schools program teach the theater community in terms of serving as a business model? It's obviously a great educational resource. It's opened doors for a lot of kids, but it's been very successful as well for Disney, and I'm sure more than a few producers and companies have taken note of that. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting because it's this sort of... Um it's the sort of intersection of this work feels very altruistic, and it is, but at the same time, we're a massively held public for-profit company. So like, what is that intersection is a great point. I think the reason that um, Disney has gotten behind it in such an impactful way beyond the very obvious immediate benefit that we that we see through the program is the, the long game commitment to um, our industry and to the communities in which we live and work. Um, so we're fortunate in that there are many divisions of the Walt Disney Company. One of them um, gives some philanthropic support for the program, and, and that is a real testament to the program's capacity to really um, 
improve and fuel the skills young people and educators develop through the program, so some, from a sort of philanthropic lens. But then Disney Theatrical Group, um, we will inevitably see a group of kids who go through life realizing that theater is for them. And that could have any number of positive outcomes, not just for us, but for Broadway in general and even society. And that is going through life knowing that you can attend theater, this is for you too, right? Going through life and maybe maybe you are that kid who found that aha moment one summer and it leads to a career in the theater. Um, maybe you're that kid who wants to write for the theater and there's new stories to be told. So I think when you take the long term, you're going to see that the program has um, positive impact on the company, not just in terms of its social responsibility efforts, which is the primary purpose of the program, but also in terms of its uh, commitment to identifying an access gap that's happening right now in arts education. And we need to get ahead of that as an industry uh, if if we want this to continue to be something that's vibrant and, and part of our New York community and beyond. Yeah. And also these are shows that by their nature, by their structure, um, uh, teach, for lack of a better word, or enrich students with with life lessons, um, very accessible life lessons. So that's that's something that, that teaching artists must think about when you engage with them, I would imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. These contents are sort of, these shows, the content of these shows is sort of universally loved because everybody sees themselves in these stories, right? Um, we hear a lot of stories about young people who are cast in role as Aladdin having some kind of internal transformation through the process, whether that is a new engagement with school, whether that is more inclusive and kind behavior toward peers. And when we took a step back and say, why is this always happening with the kid who's cast as Aladdin? We realized, well, of course, that's Aladdin's journey. And you can't participate in an in-depth rehearsal for six months and not have it impact you as well. So I, I think we're going to see um, a lot more stories like that as we continue adding different stories and different material to our collection. Yeah, no, it's it's a great age. It's a really ripe age. Um, we always ask our guests about lessons learned, whatever capacity they work in. And since you've had the opportunity to work with so many educators, so many educators and artists, so many students as well, who we can always learn from, um, what would you say are some of the key things that you've learned from those those different groups? That's a great a great question. I think from the sort of School play as a whole, I would say theater is theater no matter where it is, right? It's inherently local, um, and all you need is a story to tell and some people to tell it and an audience to watch it. And that's it. You don't need more than that. More than that can enhance the storytelling, can provide new creative outlet, etc. But at the end of the day, that's what you need to, to put on a show. And I have seen... Um, as someone who has the great privilege of living and working in New York and gets to see Broadway shows, and I travel a lot, so I see a lot of regional theater, and I see some terrific theater, but I have seen some of the most theatrical and inventive solutions to staging a scene on an elementary school cafegematorium than I have seen in things with massive budgets. Um, and I think that's really telling to me. I think that says that... Um, Regardless of resources, the most important resource is human creativity, and everybody has that. And that's the other lesson I've learned from the teachers in the program. One of the most rewarding things to me is um, sitting around with a group of teachers in the first year of the program, and they go around and they introduce themselves at the beginning of a workshop, and they say, hi, you know, I'm Mrs. So-and-so, and I'm the third grade teacher. 
And then when we see them again next year, they say, hi, I'm Mrs. So-and-so, and I'm the stage manager. <laughs> and that isn't everybody if we devote the time to helping people learn about our world. Yeah. Have, have you heard specific stories from kids about, you know, maybe growth that they've had? You mentioned the boys who've played Aladdin, but have any stories gotten back to you, maybe through teachers, about kids who have had really profound growing experiences as a result? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we hear, we hear quite frequently about young people who um, almost almost find their voice in the theater, right? Um, kids who maybe aren't very engaged in class, who aren't very maybe very verbal or talkative, and there's something about walking in someone else's shoes and telling a story that um, helps them participate more in class and share their own ideas more. We hear about that a lot. Um, we have heard kids who have gone through the program. Um, there's one story of a of a young child who was cast as you know one of the rocks in the Jungle Book, right? So these are huge casts. These are like casts of sixty, and so. You never know who you're impacting. And so this kid was the rock in the jungle book, the rock in the jungle book. And at the end of the program, the teacher asks the, the kids to write in their journals. And they say, imagine um, it's the future and the characters of the jungle book have to start a new society because they've been exiled from the jungle. And th this child who is the rock writes in his journal this beautiful, elaborate story about how you know Mowgli and Shanti were, they had to leave and they had to start a new society and they brought one rock with them. And he was the rock that became this society. And then that child decided to opt into a career in creative writing, right? Like, <laughs> like now they're on the creative writing path going through their middle school career, right? So you hear about things all the time, but then there's also the, the rock. Like what's going on in that kid's head? So yeah. lots of oh, stories that's like wild. that. That's great. Um, well, given all your experience, what advice would you give to educators looking to expand or capitalize on their resources? Because, you know, a lot of them are dealing with very limited resources. And also to kids who are passionate about theater, but maybe trying to hone in on one or two aspects that they're, they're best suited for. Yeah. For the kids, mm -hmm. I'd say try everything. Do every job in the theater. You have your whole life to figure out what it is. So get as much experience and act on the stage, run the lights, call the show, sweep the stage afterwards, build the props, do it all. The more you do, it's going to, if you opt into this as a career, that experience is going to serve you so well in terms of your capacity to collaborate with others who have those jobs. Um, so that would be my advice to kids. For educators who feel like they don't have resources, that's really hard. Um, Teachers, especially public school teachers in, in the U.S., are facing phenomenal demands of their time, which is a resource, um, and increasing pressures with what to do with that time. And it's a lot. So I would say um, in our program, we always say match your production level to your available resources and be very introspective about what your resources are. That's time. Sure. Is it money? Yeah. It's also um, additional help. Like, what are your human resources who can help with this? And when you've got that inventory, maybe we don't have a big budget, but we got a lot of parents who want to get involved. Or we actually got this grant, but we don't have any support outside of me, myself, and I, right? Then you match the production to that scale. Because it's so easy to say, we can't do a musical this year because we can't do you know, this big grand production. But sure, you could do something. 
you can still tell a story. Again, all you need is a story and some actors and an audience. Um, so really giving educators the, the permission to continue to alleviate some of that stress that comes from that gap between expectation and resources and figuring out how to communicate that up to their school leaders and their communities so that everybody is supportive of the importance of the process and not just the outcome. Yeah, and hopefully that will lead to providing more resources That's for right. everybody. That's right. Um, well, before we let you go, since the title and mission of this podcast is Develop Your Character, why don't you tell us what that word character means to you? I think character means your integrity. You know, when I think about some of the questions you're asking me and like what it comes down to, to, to my mind, is who do you surround yourself with? And who do you elect to work with? And in my mind, the best teachers, the most successful teachers in this program, the teaching artists who we hire, who we want to always engage with, are, are people who are kind. And I think integrity and kindness should become synonymous. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Those are pretty key things in character. Well, thanks again, Lisa. We've really enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of you who've turned into this pod podcast, uh, this episode of Develop Your Character. We're always looking for listeners' input. So if you have a question or observation about Lisa, something we've discussed with Lisa, or anything else theater or character related, you can reach us on social media or visit our website. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can leave a review on iTunes or share with your friends on social media. And for more information on Camp Broadway, Broadway's original destination for theater-loving kids, check out our site at campbroadway.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.